Hi, I'm Holland Petrock. I'm 15 years old and live in Jacksonville, North Carolina. This is Climate Stories Youth Report. A podcast by Coastal Youth Media and NC Health News exploring how climate change is shaping our neighbors' lives in unexpected ways. I'm your host. This podcast is produced by eight youth producers living in rural coastal North Carolina. Our region is one of the earliest places in the U.S. to be impacted by climate change. After training with professional North Carolina journalists, we embarked as reporters ourselves. Each episode, you'll hear from different coastal North Carolina youth reporters and their stories. Let's begin. Have you ever been sitting in class one day dreaming of going to the beach? Well, soon the beach you dream of visiting might be underwater. The question is, how soon? I live on the Outer Banks. This question is personal to me. Recently, I had the chance to ask a climate scientist this very question. I was shocked when he gave me a straightforward answer. If we're doing what we do today with maybe a bit uh, more awareness for the environment, how long do you think we have before the uh, barrier islands on the, on the North Carolina coast are flooded to the point where we cannot inhabit them? Ooh, that's a really challenging question, Jacob. <laughs> You're really painting me into a corner here. You know, I, <clears throat> there's a lot to that question. You know, the fact is, is, you know, there are many places along the Outer Banks that will be habitable for decades and decades to come. They might be harder to get to. We might not be able to sustain the same access and and a lot of the connections and, and ease to um, things like restaurants and, and other things like that that we currently have. 2100, yeah, there'll still be places on the Outer Banks that people are living. Outer bankers are, are pretty resilient um, and will find ways to work with the environment, to find ways to work within the challenges associated with climate change. But not all the properties that we have today are going to be habitable come 2100. The Outer Banks are going to look very different in another 80 years because of sea level, because of storms. These are things that we've lived with. I can't give you an exact date of when the Outer Banks will disappear. Um, Sure, someday, not in my lifetime, not in your lifetime, someday they will. Including the Outer Banks, North Carolina has about 300 miles of ocean shoreline and about 10,000 miles of estuary shoreline. If you're a coastal resident, you're probably familiar with ocean-facing beach nourishment. But on the sound side where I live, we flood more often than the ocean side because we're on the back sloping end of the barrier islands. Traditionally, sound side residents have used hardened engineered shorelines. We're talking seawalls, bulkheads, and riprap's. But Reed said there are new techniques surfacing. Just a couple years ago, living shorelines are starting to gain in popularity. Scientific evidence suggests that living shorelines are effective. Reed described a few examples of living shorelines. And certainly, scientific evidence suggests that living shorelines, and so that might be um, putting a sill and then planting behind the sill. It might be putting. 
uh, oyster shells in front of a shoreline. Living shorelines are effective because they reduce the amount of energy a shoreline receives. And it has been a few years now, but the permitting for doing these living shorelines has become much easier. Just five years ago, it was much easier for a homeowner to get a permit for a bulkhead compared to that for a living shoreline. And that has really been balanced today. I think you're going to see that shift into more green infrastructure. Some more living shorelines, more plantings. And given that the permitting for that has gotten much easier, and that the scientific evidence suggests that it's often cheaper and lasts longer, and it's better for the environment. All of this helps to reduce coastal erosion. Reed said no one is immune from erosion. Everywhere there's a coastline, there's erosion. But we can slow it down, and if you reduce the energy of the water, it slows down the erosion. You know, we can use all sorts of techniques. This isn't just happening on the Outer Banks or even just on the east coast of the U.S. This is happening everywhere that has a coastline. And this isn't even accounting for what happens if big parts of the polar ice cap break off. If that were to happen, we might see an extra foot of sea level. We could see an extra foot by 2050. We can't stop this overnight. This is going to be a multi-decade long effort. But we have caused global warming over the span of about 100 years, so it's hard to reverse its impacts instantly. The easiest way to think of it is like a train. We have sped it up, going faster and faster, and it will take time to slow it down. Thanks for listening to Climate Stories, Youth Report. Each episode, our coastal North Carolina youth reporters take you into a story about how climate change is shaping our neighbors' lives in unexpected ways. I'm your host, Holland Petrock. I'm 15 years old and live in Jacksonville, North Carolina. After going through a journalism and podcast training program coached by Coastal Youth Media and NC Health News journalists, our youth reporters produce stories about their home region. This project is funded in part by a grant by North Carolina Sea Grant through the Community Collaborative Research Program. Coming up, another Climate Stories Youth Report episode.